Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and we're just days away from the first official day of classes in Florida. School districts are not allowed to begin having students back until August 10th. That's by state law. August 12th is the Monday, and so that's when most districts are starting up. What have they been doing to get ready for those students to come back? We're going to talk with Pasco County Assistant Superintendent for Operations, Betsy Kuhn, who oversees all the operations such as transportation, maintenance, construction, and a whole host of other areas. And she's going to talk with us, safety too, about what she has and her team have been doing to get her nearly 80,000 student school system ready for the school year. Let's take a listen. So, Betsy Kuhn, thank you for letting me come to your office and talk to you. I know how busy you are on the what, four days before school gets started? Yeah, summer is really our busiest time. It's funny because my friends and family who work in the private sector, I think, don't realize that summer for the district office and for the support departments is really our busiest time of year as we're getting ready with all those projects and things that we don't have the ability to do during the school year. So it really is our crunch time, and and this week is definitely that. So let's talk about who we are, and I'm talking about you and your group because Mm -hmm. you're the assistant superintendent overseeing all the operations in the Paso County School District. What does that mean? So I work with transportation, maintenance, food service, the after-school enrichment programs groups. Those are some of the big departments that I work with. I also work with construction services and maintenance, purchasing, and also safety and security. So when you're talking about having to get schools ready, you're talking about cleaning floors, getting police officers scheduled. What, What all does that entail? I mean... How busy does it really get in getting schools ready? So over the summer, our maintenance department really does a complete overhaul of our schools in terms of stripping the floors, getting them ready, a, a deep clean of all of our schools. Deep and clean? How, deep clean. What does that mean? So they go through and they wax all the floors. They do deep cleans of all the classrooms. They take care of all those projects that they can't do when students are there. But deep clean is, I mean, that phrase makes it sound like you just like scour every little corner I heard it when we had hurricanes mm-hmm. and people have diapers and desk drawers. Is that what we're talking no, about? No, not that level of where they're you know wiping down every single surface of every single, you know, wearing hazmat suits or anything like that, like we did with Irma. Um, but they do a lot of the projects in the summer that we're not able to do during the school year. And so this year we had extended school year that was consolidated. So we had some of our schools that had five or six schools doing extended school year or summer school at their sites. So those schools in particular, it was really crunch time trying to get everything cleaned and ready to go back to school. In addition, our maintenance department, every year they do some big projects like complete chiller overhauls and replace those systems. So that's also a big project that they have going on. The maintenance, then how much is, how much does it run? I mean, how much are you paying to get people to all those things, all those projects done? Are we talking like a million dollars worth of projects? Well, one thing that's exciting this summer that's different for us with our maintenance department, and that's um, due to a, an educational facilities grant that we got through the uh, Florida Department of Education and Office of Safe Schools, is our maintenance department contracted with the group to actually replace the door locks in all of our schools. So all the classroom doors locks were replaced this summer. So that's 4,000 locks that our maintenance department oversaw this summer. 
So that's a, a, a high ticket item that we, we did through grant funds this summer. That we, It's not something we normally do. And if you're not familiar with what those locks are, it's to make sure that classroom doors aren't inadvertently unlocked. So that the, the door is closed, the door will be locked. So that's an exciting project from for us. From the outside or yes. from the inside from the or for both? From the outside. And what happens if the teacher locks herself out then or himself? Well, it's going to be really important that the teachers wear keys. And so we've had a lot of conversation about that to make sure that they always have the keys on them. But it is a way that we'll make sure that we don't have doors that are inadvertently unlocked. We don't have a lot of that, but it's just another safety feature that we thought was really important as a district. Were there other things like fences or cameras? So I know a lot of districts were talking about trying to get more security projects done over the summer so that they could be ready and safe for so they could protect against whatever. Yes, we did several schools where we did some fencing projects because um, we, t- we were trying to, um, to make a point, not exactly a single point of entry, but to limit access. So we did that at a couple of our schools. So that was a nice improvement we were able to make. And then we also did cameras in some of our schools. And that's that's something that's currently underway. That's another feature that we, of the grant that we received. And you have only, what, two months to get all these kinds of projects done? Really, as soon as the students leave. So as soon as the students left, that's when our maintenance department started moving portables, when we started you know, doing all, all of these types of projects. The, the, the um, lock project started right away, and it's, it's almost done. When you think about 4,000 classroom door locks to be done from the beginning of June until this week, I know that they're just finishing up the last group of schools this week. So it's pretty fast. And maintenance is just one piece. That's right. You also have transportation. Transportation. And and that means buying buses, making bus routes, what? So one big thing that we have that we are working on is to reduce our number of driver shortage. So this summer they hired twenty five drivers and twenty three transportation assistants. They also have a class that starts next week on the sixteenth, so right in the middle of the first week of school with 25 possible candidates. So recruiting and training drivers is always one of our top priorities. In addition to that, we are also doing a lot of training over the summer and working on routing because we have lots of changes that take place over the summer with new students arriving, with students going to different schools. And so getting that routing process done, all the while they're they're doing transportation for our extended school year program. So they're really working on the current situation with extended school year and they're planning for the next year. The bus drivers just got a new requirement to have to do CPR training. Did you have to do that this summer too? That's not this summer. That will go into effect next year. Um, the rule was passed, I believe, July 17th, July 17th of this summer. So we did have some conversation about that during our transportation in-service. Another thing that transportation does is they do wristbands for the first part of school for right. our elementary students. And so that that project is coordinated over the summer, and there are 97,000 wristbands that are just distributed to schools over the summer. So and those are all, all being delivered. So you have 97,000 wristbands, you're training a bunch of workers, you have 4,000 door locks. What other kinds of things do you have to get in there? I mean, there are other departments that you mentioned as well, and I'm, I'm sure that they're all equally busy. And like you said, this is when they can get it done. So our after-school enrichment programs is another, and they were doing lots of camps in addition to their normal summer place program. So they had that going on. They're also preparing to open two new Beyond the Bell programs this this year. What is that? Beyond the Bell is a middle school program. It's an an after-school enrichment program that is only after school, unlike our place program that's before and after. And Beyond the Bell, we had at two sites last year, and then we were able to bus from another school. We're expanding in the Wesley Chapel area to John Long Middle School and to Waitman Middle School. So they've been really busy working on getting that ready, as well as writing grants for some additional 21st century programs. Those are programs that are funded through the state um, 
that are free programs at certain certain schools around the county. And so while you're getting all this stuff done, why is it that you can only do this during the summer? Why can you not do it all year long? Well, the maintenance work, they're, they're busy during the school year doing a lot of different things, but most of those projects, the deep cleaning, the chiller replacements, you don't want to do those things where, you'd have to, where you might have a chiller down during the school year. Well, then it would just be hot, which is what? A bad thing? Well, most students and parents, families don't love that, so we try to avoid those kind of things when we can. Um, the, the, the door locks, we thought that summer was the better time to do that. Just be, it's, it's not that it can't happen during the school year, it just seemed to be a, that would be the time to do it with the, minimizing the dis- disruption on campus. What other kinds of things have to get done? Are you, you've organized the uh, back-to-school transportation call center. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of districts have started to do that. I think it started like in Hillsborough County and y'all picked it up from there, but preparing for that has got to take a lot of time and then doing it too. That's been a real game changer for our district. The call center has been wonderful. We're really happy to have that. That does take a lot of work and and that's something that all departments at the district office are involved in. It's not just a transportation initiative. It's really a, a everybody all in because we have every department participating. So that will kick off on Monday and we'll be going on the first week of school beginning in the early morning. We have a group come in and then we have afternoon as well. And so the people who are answering the phones at the call center might be from finance or purchasing or any other district department. So that takes a lot of time for those departments to to give up employees to come work and support the call center. But it is really important to make sure that families get answers about transportation questions quickly and to get to the right person right away. Summertime is also when hurricane season starts. And schools have obviously become more and more called upon in recent years. Uh, Did you have to do anything special specifically for hurricane preparedness? So the past two summers, we've done a lot more work with hurricane prep than we've had in the past. We have a a group that we put together after Hurricane Irma that involves the sheriff's office, involves the county, the health department, Pasco Fire Rescue. And so we meet throughout the school year, but then during the summer, we bring all of the principals of the schools that are shelter schools together and do a workshop. And so this year, what we did was we fine-tuned their plans. We looked at their plans and we made sure that they had everything in place that they needed to have in a one-day workshop for each school. So that was something we did this year. We've done other, last year, for example, we trained all of our, or I should say retrained all of our administrators on what it's like to work in a shelter. This year, because that was still fresh in our mind, we really decided to delve deep into the specifics of each school shelter plan. Did you have to train staff too? I read in Bay County where, you know, they had major Mm -hmm. problems. They had to go through and they trained everybody in what it means to work in a shelter. Like you said, Mm -hmm. not just administrators, but cafeteria workers and whoever else is going to be jumping in because I remember at one point in this district particularly Mm -hmm. where they had people who were just like didn't even know they were on the list until they got a call and then they said wait what do you mean I'm working in a hurricane shelter I mean have you had to deal with that we we have we train all of our new administrators this summer so anyone who came into a position that would be potentially called to work in a shelter, we made sure that they received that training this summer of just the general shelter overview. And then with the other other positions in the other schools, we made sure that they had more in-depth looking at floor plans and making sure that if they, they are activated as a shelter, that we knew exactly where we would put this type of population or where the pets would go, for example, in a school, Um, more of the fine tuning. Because last year we did the big broad overview 
we made sure we covered that for anybody who was new. But then this year we decided to delve deep into the floor plans and make sure we had the specifics covered. You have a lot of things on your plate. Have I missed any of the major ones? Because I know that there are other departments that you mentioned as well. I can say um, purchasing with instructional materials. They're very involved in making sure that the schools have all the orders placed. It's a very much behind the scenes function, but it's one that's critical to our district because they make sure that all the orders get placed for all of those different curriculum items that are that are needed for the school year. Also, this, the safety department that I work with, we have lots of new initiatives this year. We have um, Crisis Go that we're going to start rolling out, and that's a crisis communication tool. It's an mm-hmm. app that will be on district-issued devices as well as if employees want to, to have it on their personal cell phones. So it's an employee thing, not a parent thing. Well, eventually it has, it has parent function. So that will be much later in the school year. We're starting out with a, a small group of schools, and then we'll be rolling it out so that we have all schools and then rolling it out further than that. And it's how they can call law enforcement or something? There's a a way to to have a a, a panic, for example. There are also ways to just report other types of uh, concerning behaviors. We'll do our drills in the app going forward as well. And so we've started to do our, we did practice drills here at the district office this summer to test the functionality of it. And we were very pleased with that. Um, but Crisis Go is one thing we've been spending a lot of time on. Um, another is Student Crime Watch program and making sure that we have ways for students to be able to report concerns or tips to, to us and to the state. So we've been spending a lot of time on making sure that students know exactly how to report those types of concerns. We've also been recertifying our school safety guards and training new hires for school safety guard positions. When you say recertifying, does that mean they have to go through another 140 hours of training? No, it's not 140 hours, but they had to go through a multi-day. They had to um, go through and do another shooting exercise to make sure that they um, qualified with their firearm. They did defensive tactics. They they went through uh, that type of training. Uh, they also did active shooter practice. So they went through a, a good four days of recertification to make sure that the sheriff's office still felt comfortable with them being in that role. And then we'll continue training for school safety guards on some of our other initiatives with mental health first aid. That was something that was rolled out this summer by our student support programs department. And so our safety guards will get that training, but that's another thing we've been planning for that and how we'll integrate them into that work as well. So what we have a couple of days left, Mm -hmm. what's left? I mean, I know when we saw that there was like a day left on the sales tax holiday, mm-hmm. I said, oh, I need a couple more, whatever, graph paper boxes or whatever. And I went and I got them. What do you have left on your to-do list before your time runs out? Well, really for me, my focus right now is transportation. And that's, that's the department that we have the most crunch time probably because we have so many new students. This is registration week. So yesterday was secondary, tomorrow is elementary. So we'll have new students coming in and we'll be working on working really over the weekend to make sure that everything is is ready to go for students that first day. So transportation is really the making sure those wristbands are, are ready to go and that we're ready to go for first day with transportation. No, I remember the school district a couple of years ago said that they were not going to make any route changes after a certain date. So that way people don't get confused in these last couple of days. Mm-hmm. But if you have people coming in who are registering now, do you just drop them into an existing route or do you adjust a route at this point because they don't live near or close enough or something? Right. We do our best not to make changes because we have our drivers doing trial run day this week on, on Friday. So we do our best not to make changes because that you're right. It does throw off the game when we, we're you know, practicing and preparing and then to make changes the last minute, that's where mistakes are made. So we don't make changes if we can, if we can help it at the, at the last minute. Are there any other things that 
you wished you had gotten done, but you just couldn't? Well, there are so many things related to safety that we wish we could get, could keep working on, mainly related to communication. Not that we have everything in place for the legislation. That you know, that's something that we stay on top of. So we're good there. We we've met all the requirements of the law, but there are so many other things that I wish we could communicate to schools about drills and that that we'll have to communicate during the school year. Well, it gives you something to do when the kids are back. That's right. right? We'll be so. twiddling our thumbs. <laughs> well, so. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. I know, like I said, that you sound busy. You've got a huge group of people doing a lot of stuff. So taking this 10, 15 minutes and talking with me is really, really nice of you to do that. Thank no, you. Thank you. You have a wonderful team to work with. So it's great. That's the end of our conversation and the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate or send in your two cents about what you're doing to get ready for the start of the school year. You can put your comments on our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook, on the post that contains this podcast. If you would like to continue to follow more Florida education breaking news, go to our blog, www.tampabay.com gradebook. We'd like to hear what you think about this podcast, and we'd like to hear what you'd like to hear about on this podcast. You can put your comments on the rating systems for all the places where you get your podcasts online. And you can also go ahead and send an email if you'd like to me. My email address is jsolacek at tampabay.com. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks again for listening.